Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Uh, enjoying a holiday weekend here. Uh, happy uh, Memorial Day to everybody. Um, hope you are spending it. Um, you know, hopefully it's a relaxing day here for you. And obviously, shout out to anybody who listens who served this wonderful country. Um, do you do anything fun for Memorial Day? Picnic? Burgers, dogs, anything? No, kept it uh, kept it pretty low key. Um, I said this is like the one weekend where we had some time to do stuff. So um, checked a bunch of chores off the list that needed to be done. Um, had lunch with a friend, um, and then today I went and got uh, picked out the styles and stuff like that for the tuxes for the wedding. Man, so. look at you, white, all white. Is that what you're wearing? Oh, absolutely. All, I'm wearing all white. Um, surprise me. She can wear whatever she wants. <laughs> She'll love that, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm assuming no cooking with Colin today here, Colin, since it was a, a holiday weekend here. Uh, actually, yes. Oh, okay. I, I assumed too much. I'm sorry. You did assume Do too tell. much. I was, I was prepared. I came ready to impress. I made a uh, salmon with a honey sriracha garlic glaze. Uh, some green beans and some rice. You don't eat green beans, do you? Uh, green beans are one of the few green things that I'll eat. Interesting. Okay. Is there a rationale behind this? Do I even want to know? Is there no rationale? You're just weird. Um, so the rationale behind it is it's one of the few vegetables that my mom ate growing up. So it's one of the few vegetables that I have mm. eaten my entire life and have not had to adapt to trying. It was just always there. That and... Oddly enough, red beets. I do eat red beets, which red confuses beets. a lot of people. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for the update there. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, and I have pictures too. Can tweet those out as well as proof. This picture of me cooking it. <laughs> Colin took videos <laughs> so that people would actually believe that he didn't just buy um, it from a store somewhere yep. at a restaurant and bring it home. Love yeah, it. I I was a little worried you were going to skip over the cooking with Colin this week, and I said I I came prepared. I was well, ready. I'm, I'm I'm glad I asked because yeah, I, I, I was just assuming that that nothing happened here. Um, nope. but there we are. Yeah. Um, it was right. lovely, by the way. It was actually my favorite way to make salmon. Now uh, it was a new recipe. And where did you get the recipe from? On just online? Just online. Okay. The Chunky Chef, I think, is what it was called. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very quick, easy, easy to took like 15, 20 minutes. All righty then. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a really slow time of the year, Colin. So I, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter show. We don't really have any news this week. There's been a lot of speculation around Chris Rodriguez. We debated, should we talk about this? Should we not? Until we have some finality there. We're not going to talk about it. Everybody should just be aware. For anybody that doesn't know, he got a DUI a couple weeks back. He didn't show up to court. That's apparently been resolved. It, it was a mess up somewhere else down the line. Um, but now there are rumors that, that, that he might be suspended for a, a significant amount of time from Kentucky for related slash unrelated. So we're not going to really talk about that since we don't have really any good information other than like the deep, the deep web Kentucky message boards. Um, so no news this week, Colin. What I really want to do with you is, is just talk about maybe some players that we think have some riskier profiles coming into the year. And, and if basically just like go through what what's going on with them. And then we get to the end, just debate like, this, should this be a guy that you're trying to sell? 
while they still have value, or should you kind of try to ride it out and hold on to this guy? Um, try to pick guys that we haven't really talked about too much and a pretty decent spectrum of guys down the ADP here. Um, so I think I think that's just how we're going to spend our show. And then, of course, a couple of freshman profiles at the end for everybody. Of course, naturally. Naturally. Um, all right. So uh, before we begin, guys, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts. Um, football, golf, I think they, they're adding some baseball stuff, all sorts of different things. Um, so if you want to go check all those out, guys, in one place, at Fantasy Points Live on Twitter, or they have a weekly Friday drop that recaps the entire week uh, amongst the Fantasy Points Media Group members. Um, all right, Colin, let's get right into this, shall we? Um, I, I think we're going to start off with a big name. I think this is a name that I mean, we've kind of discussed uh, him a little on the show, but we haven't really talked to a uh, deep dive Kayshawn Boutte. Um, I, this was this is a good episode to do that. So so let's do that here real quick, Colin. So his ADP right now um, uh, through May is is 5.8 overall. So the 106 is generally where he's going. Uh, he's still going as the first wide receiver off the board, which is a little surprising to me since considering it seems like consensus uh, has shifted toward JSN uh, from Ohio State there as, as the top wide receiver in the class. But Keishon Boutte going to be third-year wide receiver at LSU. Um, was on fire to start last year and then went down with that mysterious ankle, lower leg, foot, whatever injury. Had two surgeries on it, it sounds like. Sounds like he, he's not exactly um, – uh, getting along or meshing, I guess we'll call it meshing with with new head coach Brian Kelly. Still in a boot during spring, so obviously not not running yet. Not a great sign there since we're seven ish uh, months out from when it happened, or, or maybe even a little bit longer. Um, so th- this is a player, you know, Boutte. I mean, does he even play this year? I mean, he's he is carrying a lot of risk, Colin. Um, so let's let's kind of talk a bit about this. Walk, walk through him. Uh, I mean, what what are your thoughts here on Keishon Boutte at, at this point in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about it um, on a Canton Bound episode the other week where it's, you know, healthy JSN or healthy Keishon Boutte is the number one wide receiver in this class. Um, even with the risk baked in and, and not necessarily fully healthy, we still feel like he's the number two wide receiver in this class. So, yes, definitely some risk. Um, I'm not overly concerned with him, but investing in him at the sixth overall pick is definitely risky. Um, there's just safer bets that you can take around that frame. I also tend to like my teams better when I draft a running back early because uh, I feel like those dry up a little bit quicker. Um, so I will uh, tend to avoid Keishon Boutte at that ADP. Not necessarily a knock on him as a player or anything like that, just kind of a positional and you know the added risk of the injury. Yeah, 106 is pretty rich. I'm a little surprised he hasn't dropped at all. Um, and, you know, there's not like I, I don't expect him to drop deep into the second round or anything. But but just some of the guys after him there, you know, at the 106, 107, JSN is right behind him. Um, and and then after that, it's it's Stroud, Caleb Williams, Zach Evans. These are super flex leagues. I'm shocked that Stroud isn't going ahead of him. First off, that that's mm-hmm. really, really mind blowing to me. And Caleb Williams as well, quite frankly. Um, I like I. It seems like I feel like at what really should if he was down at the 109, 110, 111 ish range, maybe even like slightly lower than that. I think he would like he's still risky. You're spending a first round pick on him, so you know fundamentally it doesn't change that much. But if you're spending a late first round pick on him, like that 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 injury feels baked in at that point. Yeah, 
we agreed. We, I, yeah, yeah. As I said, what we've seen from him is still better than a lot of these guys that are near him. I mean, quite frankly, Xavier Worthy had a great year last year, and he was really, really good. And, and his numbers, obviously, his freshman year was stronger than than Butte's was because um, Butte didn't really play that much that first couple of weeks. But I, like Butte has shown more than Xavier Worthy has. He's shown more than than even like Jordan Addison, who won the Bolitnikov last year. Like I think he he's shown more in terms of like NFL quality skill set than these guys have. So like I I, I don't want to knock him too far down here. I still think I, I I prefer him over them. I just I wish we had some nugget of news to to kind of just like hang on to. That's like okay, like he he is predicted back because they're not even really saying that right now. No, they're not. It's it's tough right now to get a feel for when he's going to see the field again. Um, even if it's, you know, they, they've been very nondescript with what the injury is, just calling it like an ankle injury or whatever. Like, so that's just such a broad term. Even if it is a Liz Frank, which is more of a foot injury than an ankle injury, but with how nondescript they are, who knows? Even if it is a Liz Frank, you know, he would have, by the time he gets to the NFL, he'll have been two years removed from that. So I'm not overly worried about this impacting his NFL future. Um, it, you know, very rarely do you have ankle or foot injuries that are just debilitating career ending type injuries, especially nowadays. So maybe he doesn't get back and maybe he doesn't provide anything for you on the college side of it, but we still like him a lot as a prospect and it still doesn't really change that side of things for me. So I'm with you where you said, you know, later first uh, feels like the injury risk is baked in that early for or mid first there at the 106 in 105 range is that's a tougher pill to swallow. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I, at the end of the day, this feels like a guy like if he rebounds, obviously, then he's I don't know, a top 15 pick at worst in the end, like in the yeah. draft next year. I, I, I don't, think that's even like bold or or ridiculous that's just like kind of like a a matter of fact thing if he doesn't come back though i mean uh, you're you're playing with things that are completely outside your control yeah. at that point all this is outside of our control but i mean as, as far as the things that you can kind of deal with um th- this is not one of them um so where did where did you say you would be comfortable taking him right now Towards the end of the first there, you know, 109, 110, um, really like after after that set of running backs at the top there. Because like I said, running backs just, I feel like they just dry up a little bit quicker. Um, so, you know, after your Bijan, Travion, Young, Gibbs, who are all going ahead of him already, I would take Stroud ahead of him, Zach Evans probably, Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers, um, that would be a little bit tighter for me. I would still probably take him over Bigsby. So yeah, it's looking like just roughly that like 109 range. 109. Um, so what what would you be trying to sell him for right now if you if you are trying to get out from from underneath Boutte? Say you already have him. Um, I probably wouldn't look to sell because you're selling a little bit low, but and I still believe in his talent. But if you are looking to sell, you know, you're a little bit worried about that. I definitely think you can get a, you know, Jordan Addison, Josh Downs, Quentin Johnston type of a receiver. So a little bit of a downgrade and then, you know, get maybe like a little bit of a later dart throw in, you know, maybe a 
a quarterback, somebody like a Gunnar Stockton or a Connor Wigman, maybe you could get a little bit later. You could also maybe get like a, a running back in that range. Um, it'd probably have to be in the tier two of running backs in this class, which our tier is a little bit different than kind of consensus. So like a Ramon Brown is in that tier for us. So I think you could probably get him in th him thrown in there. What about if you just wanted to trade him for like NFL stuff straight up? NFL stuff straight up. Yeah. Um, see, that's a good one. I mean, we didn't really, t we didn't do that one on the Canton, Canton bound episode. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Um, I'd probably be comfortable going with uh, maybe a wide receiver who's not old, but maybe a little bit older, like a Keenan Allen. I'd be okay with. Um, I feel pretty good about that. Or if you're looking to stay young, um, probably be in the, uh, I don't know if you would be able to get Waddle for him. I mean, with Tyreek there, that kind of hurts Waddle's stock. So you might be able to. I'd probably do that. Yeah, I think you can still get a lot for him um, from some in your league. So, I mean, I I feel like if I have him, I'm holding him. I, yeah. I don't know. But this is like the time where if you're going to maximize your value, this is probably it. Um, yeah, if you're going to get out, this is if it. You're, if you're worried, if, if you want that, that um, you know, whatever. Um, just that safety then yeah i i don't think moving him is necessarily a bad idea either um all right colin uh how about let's talk about a running back here a guy that that we've recently i i, I keep going back and forth in him so much blake corum <laughs> third running back there at michigan had a nice year last year um kind of as like the like the 1a 1b with hassan haskins um i'm interested to see what kind of role he has this year I'm a little worried that he's a Kyron Williams, though. You know, he he's not a big guy. He's a little stockier than, than Williams is, but still, you know, five five eight five nine. Uh, I think he he's right around 200 pounds listed for them. I, I'm not sure if he actually is, and if he is, like how much over he is or how much more weight he'll gain. Um, I, I I think he's a good athlete, but like, is he a significantly better athlete than Kyron Williams? Like, this feels this feels very similar. Like we. If you didn't learn your lesson on Kyron Williams, then then you know Blake. Here's Blake Corum. Learn your lesson here now. Is that how, what you're thinking as well on him? Or are you still buying him <laughs> as the back there at Michigan? Um, so you're well. A little bit of a spoiler here. We are going to record a little bit of a Debbie guide um, release pod where we're going to talk a little bit about it. And he might be somebody that I'm talking about on that. Ah, okay then. Um, but for this, his current ADP, 38.8, that's it's roughly like the 403, depending on how you do rounding and stuff. Um, is that the 403, that's a smidge rich for me. Um, but I am a Blake Corum believer. Um, I like Blake Corum's skill set. I think he runs between the tackles well, uh, especially for a guy that size. I think he runs between the tackles better than donovan edwards so i do think he's going to lead that backfield i think he will be the 1a to donovan edwards 1b we saw last year he was very productive for a cff um, point of view even in limited work before he got hurt so you know different offense a little bit there you know josh gaddis is out but so so we can't necessarily guarantee that this is going to be the exact same situation as last year but i do think he's going to be able to be productive um he is, he's 5'8", 205. Just to list some other running backs that 
you know, his, he's a BMI of 30.4. So I don't know if you're a BMI subscriber or whatever, but like BMI wise, that's right where you want it to be. You know, you want running backs typically between like 29, 31, somewhere in that range. Um, there was a good study done by the football outsiders on that. Um, but other running backs right around his size, Devonta Freeman, 5'8", 206, Aaron Jones, 5'9", 208, Gio Bernard, 5'8", 202, Duke Johnson, 5'9", 207, CEH, 5'7", 207, Chase Edmonds, 5'9", 205. So guys right around his size have had some success in the NFL. Um, obviously, the only one of those guys that was like high draft pick was CEH, and that's looking like maybe even not the best decision. So what's his draft capital looking like? Probably not that high, but I see a path to some day two draft capital. You know, you always like to make fun of me for saying that, but everybody day two draft capital. I am still interested in Blake Corum. Uh, Like I said, four or three, a little rich, but you knock it back around. um, And that's kind of where I'm looking at it. You know, fifth round, mid to late fifth round. Um, Man, I, he just feels like Kyron Williams to me. Like, I think he's a good athlete, but I think his athleticism has been slightly overstated. And I don't know if he's like a between the tackles guy. I really don't. Like, I, I don't know how much value he holds. And if he's going to leave college after this year and be a day three back, you're paying the 403. I mean, that's pretty decent mm-hmm. capital for a guy that that realistically like is, yeah. is really worth something to for one year for you. And then, you know, it'll be hit or miss after that. Um I think I'm a pretty big advocate of selling him this offseason. I don't know that I really have him anywhere. Um, but I, I think that that it's it the other problem is though is like at Michigan, like there's Donovan Edwards is there and that's it. They really mm-hmm. don't have much, that much else. So he he's guaranteed touches this year. If he stays another year, I, I'm going back and forth here in my own head as we're on this show. Um, uh, but I mean the the risk is there. The risk is there. I think that's just what we want to say about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, risk definitely still there. Um, if you can get 403 prices, I don't hate selling that at all at that. Like I said, that's, that is, yeah, if, if you can get something around there, I would do that. Like I said, it's a little bit early for me, but athleticism wise, you know, he had a verified four, four at the opening, uh, when he was coming out. Uh, so, you know, I don't think he's going to be any worse than that. I think he'll probably be, you know, when we, when he tests, I think he'll probably be in the high four fours. Um, before he got hurt, he averaged 16 carries and 2.5 receptions per game. So, you know, 18 and a half touches a game, you know, from a college perspective, like I think that's going to be enough to make him an RB2, especially with how explosive he is. And he may even get a little bit more work than that. Um, it'll depend on how Donovan Edwards comes along as a rusher. But I think worst case scenario, you're getting a good college producer for a year and then you're getting a guy who has a, sh- a chance uh, at making, you know, carving out an NFL role. Maybe he's always going to be a committee guy, but, you know, that's kind of the way some backs in the NFL are trending. So he, it might be difficult to avoid that in a lot of circumstances. Um, yeah, I, I think you said it well there. Um, let's move on to a quarterback now. Um, Tyler Buchner, Tyler Butchner, Buchner, whatever. I'm never going to say his name right. I don't care. <laughs> um, he's going in the, a couple picks after Blake Corum there. Uh, 45.1 uh, is his ADP, the four point, uh, the 409 overall. 
um, uh, going certainly in our top 12 quarterbacks. Um, I forget exactly how high it is. It's quarterback nine. Um, so he's dropped a little bit. Um, I think part of it's because we didn't get to see him this spring, you know, apparently the story is he tripped down the stairs after speaking with a professor, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we'll protect whatever dignity he has if that's not what happened. Um, and I suspect it's probably not. Um, was not very good last year. Like, let's just be honest. I hadn't played football in like a year and a half. So it was mm-hmm. kind of expected. They used him a lot in like rushing sub packages. He was, the game was just a little too fast for him. Um, apparently it's good this spring and to, what's behind him is not, you know, Drew Pine was really bad. Drew so Pine like, is really bad. It feels like his job is locked in, not because of anything he's really done, just because everybody else that's behind him is just terrible. Um, so from that perspective, I think he's safe, at least for right now. Um, but what if he has not gotten better as a passer, Colin? A lot of people have been discussing this in our Discord this week. If he really hasn't taken a next step, Notre Dame in for a couple of these top quarterback guys in the class, including uh, five-star Dante Moore out of uh, Detroit area there. Uh, Notre Dame is one of his top schools along with Michigan and, and one or two others. Um, is there there a chance that he loses that job in year three if, if year two doesn't go very well? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's a chance he would lose that job in year three if this year doesn't go well. But like you said, Drew Pine looked not good at all this spring. Um, I don't remember the exact spring game numbers there, but I think he threw multiple interceptions. Completion percentage was atrocious. Like He just did not look good this spring. I don't think Drew Pine is the answer. They brought in Steve Angeli, um, or however you pronounce his name, you know, in this class. But the big thing, you know, and then they are, like you said, they're, they're looking at guys like Dante Moore and some other guys in the, in the uh, 2023 class. But how many of those guys do you think are going to be able to step in as a day one starter? Probably that's t- that's a tough ask for a freshman, uh, especially at a program like Notre Dame, where they don't play in a conference. But, you know, they, they do have some tough p- player um, teams on the schedule this year that they get Ohio State, they get Clemson, they get USC, they get USC every year. So they have some tougher games on that schedule. That's a tall ask for a step, a freshman to step in and play like that. I think, yeah, Buckner needed to make some improvements as a passer. Like you say, he hasn't really, he hadn't played in a year and a half, um, you know, due to an injury and then COVID affecting his season. Um, so he was a little bit behind in the development there, but I subscribe to the belief that you can make progress as a passer in college. Um, so I think he can take a step forward, but even if he doesn't in year two, they, I think they would have to bring in a transfer to beat him out in year three because I don't see anybody else on that roster that could do it at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing there this year. But even so, next year, like just freshmen. Moore's pretty good. I mean, if he's really bad, I don't see any reason why Moore couldn't step in. It's just DJ and, and Kate Klubnik, basically, at a different school. I don't okay. know how quick how quick they'll be to pull the hook. They were pretty quick last year on on, on Butchner, but obviously different head coach, mm-hmm. and you don't have a a um oh, what's his name to go back to Jack um, Cone. Yeah, you don't have a Jack Cone to go back to. Uh, it's Drew Piner bust. There there's literally nothing else there. Um, so from that perspective, but yeah, I think this year is very safe. They're not going to get anybody in the portal at this point. They're not. It is what it is. I, I, I do think it's risky, though. I, I think he mm-hmm. is a risky guy. You know, the the assumption was that we'd see the jump from year one to year two. If we don't see it, I think the the ADP, the value 
does take a serious hit, if you don't need him this year, I would consider selling him, even if, you know, because I think you can still get a decent amount for him. I mean, he goes in ADP. And again, sometimes it's hard to kind of make that lateral sale. Like you look at a guy like you're like, well, I can't sell Jason McClellan for like any of the guys around him, even though like he still gets drafted decently high. But if you look at Butchner, like the guys around him right now, they all come with some risk. But, you know, Kendall Milton, Devin Achain, Alton Caskill, uh, Rattler, Deuce Vaughn, Bo Collins, like that. that's kind of the, the names that are around him there. I, if you can move him for one of those, I, I don't feel terrible about doing it. I, it's obviously could blow up in your face, but um, hey, you know, that that's fantasy football. And pretty much anything you do can blow up in your face at some point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, every every player kind of comes with with some sort of a risk, and every trade comes with some sort of a risk. But um, the four hundred nine, I'm I'm fine with with Buckner there. Um, the like ADP forty five, four hundred nine overall. Picking him up in a startup, like I think that's fine as a range. It's definitely, it's it's kind of in that like QB no man's land, where you know, you have the top guys, you know, Young, Stroud, Williams, Ewers, all first round guys. Jackson Dart hangs out in the second. Um, you know, then you got Drew Aller, Tyler Van Dyke, Anthony Richardson, Devin Brown should be going in that range, but is still not quite there yet. Um, that's kind of the group where you see Buckner going with is like right around Richardson, Rattler. Um, and, you know, given those choices, I would rather Buckner. But it's definitely with some risk. Um, I understand, you know, trying to sell him for for people that would be going around him. Um, and you could probably do that, especially since pretty much all C2C leagues are super flex. Um, yes, that, that is very, very true. They're all super flex at minimum. And yeah. on the college side, you know, I, I've even seen three quarterbacks some places. So, um, yeah, the, the draft slot doesn't feel bad. It's just like the value. Like if you attempt to trade him, I feel like you mm-hmm. might get in some trouble. Um, yeah. Because yeah, that forty-five point one is like not terrible. Um, so, but like I said, I, I just listed some other names were around him. Maybe I would prefer them uh, in that range. Uh, here's one, Colin Lou Nichols, uh, going fifty. His ADP is fifty-one point five right now, so five hundred three overall. Um, people definitely have in mind the really strong run to the end of last season, probably won a lot of people championships. If you had him and then like, even like an average ish roster around him, he just tore up the Mac down the stretch. Uh, he is going as our RB 23 and definitely one of the earlier, um, you know, quote unquote CFF type guys in these drafts. If, If you look at, especially the running backs, the only guy that really goes around him that I think also kind of earns that moniker is Rasheen Ali, who goes as RB18, about uh, eight to ten picks before him. And, and then it's him. Um, uh, I think people kind of forget, you know, he was basically the only back on the roster last year. Kobe Lewis went down um, right before the season started. I, th- I think it was in the offseason with a knee injury. Um, and so he really took on both of those roles. The prior couple of years, it had been a split backfield. Um, with, with Lewis getting a full year to recover i'm not saying that that he takes back the entire role he had before but i like i don't know that nichols is just going to be the guy every single snap and if we're only taking him for a cff type stuff like i I, he he is one name that really sticks out to me he's just a guy where i think uh people are relying too much on kind of what happened down the stretch and ignoring what the the situation around him uh when making that pick 
Yeah, I I completely agree. I will not end up with with any Lou Nichols in any startups if he's going in the fifth round because I don't see a lot of NFL upside there. I mean, will he get drafted when he comes out? Maybe. Um, he's a good, you know, he's got good size, decent enough athlete that you know I, I think he could get drafted for sure. Uh, it probably wouldn't be anything early, you know, but. So, so I don't know. I necessarily know how much NFL upside you're looking at there, which is kind of what I'm still looking at in the fifth round. But then even if you're just ignoring that and going at the CFF producer, like you said, Kobe Lewis is coming back. I think Lou Nichols leads that backfield for sure. But I do think it's, you know, more of a one, a one B than people maybe want to admit at this point, you know, and he, you're going to have to, at the beginning of the season. Now I don't have their, their schedule pulled up here in front of me, but typically Mac schools have a tougher opponent mixed in at the beginning and then they don't really get going until they get into Mac play. You may have to wait a little bit on Lou Nichols. Um, and you really want to wait on somebody to produce, you know, starting in, you know, week four, uh, if you're taking him in the fifth round, I don't. So yeah, that's, that's risky. And that's a little rich for me. Our CFF team here has him ranked, uh, right now, uh, as RB nine, uh, for the year, two of them have him at twelve, and two of them have them have him at seven. Um, but if you look at some of the names that go that are like right around him, like a Dwayne McBride who they have at eleven, or Jordan Mims at twelve, Chase Brown at fifteen, like these are guys that like aren't even really showing up on our ADP at all. Um, so you know you're paying a lot for a guy that probably ends up having the same NFL impact as those yeah. names I just listed off. Um, so I, I I I'm never really gonna be interested in taking a guy at the top of a tier like that when I can just wait, even if, even if those guys were going like the 10th, 11th round, I'd still rather just wait till the 10th, 11th round and take one of those. If they're going in the fact they're going way later than that, um, uh, just makes them, you know, uh, way more appealing options. I mean, Titus Swen mm-hmm. right below him. Um, um, you know, Braden Bennett, Marquez Cooper, like these are all, these are all guys they project in the top 24 running backs on the year. Um, that, that are uh, Isaiah Bowser that are just infinitely better values right now. Yeah. Uh, than he is. So, so, um, th- th- yeah, I-, I think if you have him and someone's willing to pay like that type of price, like if you could sell him trade for a Bo Collins, who's like two picks after him, absolutely. That's a, that's a smash. That's a smash for someone that really, you know, really wants to compete this year. Um, like I, I'm, I'm moving him for anything like that. I, I don't know if anybody would really move NFL stuff for him. Cause I do think people probably perceive him as a yeah. rental. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I just pulled up their schedule this year. They get they open with Oklahoma State. Probably not going to want to start him in that one. That's a tougher matchup. You get South Alabama. You'll be fine in that one. Then they get Bucknell, um, Ray Bucknell, uh, in little old Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. They're going to smash Bucknell. Bucknell's not a good FCS school. Um, and then they get Penn State. So you're probably not going to want to start him in that one either. Um, and then that's when Mark, uh, Mac plays, it looks like it starts up, um, in week five there. So two out of four weeks in to open the season that you're probably not going to want to start him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just a little risky. Yeah. And we're all about avoiding risk here. Um, especially early. Yes. Yes. I mean, all these picks are risky, but you know, so, so cutting down on it where you can, uh, definitely preferable. How about Relique Brown, Colin? I know we've talked about him a little bit, so we'll keep this one short. Um, 72.7 is his ADP, 701 overall. He is a highly rated kid in the freshman class, so I think he's there's a little less risk there because um, you know those, those high those high four star five star guys kind of tend to 
uh, a hold on to value uh, uh, through that freshman year. You know, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt based on their um, uh, their pedigree. Um, but, but I, I mean, I, th- I still think he's probably pretty squarely behind Travis Dye there and behind uh, Austin Jones. So those guys are probably going to get the majority of the work. Brown, I, I, like, I think his best case scenario is that seven McGee shift that we talked about last week for Rayshon Luke. Seven McGee, for anybody that didn't listen to that show or is not aware, um, running back, tiny, tiny running back that went to Oregon last year, didn't really play at all as a freshman, shifted to kind of a slot guy this year and has drawn uh, rave results. Like That feels like the best case scenario for Ridley Brown. And th- this is just really early to take a guy that, if you're trying to project a position change, uh, like, I'm not sure that that's happening. He's tiny. Like I don't think he has the frame to get above 180-ish, 185-ish. Yeah, I mean, he was listed on 24-7 sports at 185, and I don't know, maybe he could hit 190, but he's not going to get to 200 pounds. And yeah, he's explosive. He's athletic. Um, You know, he can offer something in the passing game as well, but it's going to be difficult for him to make much of an NFL impact at that size. He's going to have to improve running between the tackles. Um, I'm not going to rule it out because I am somebody I like Devin Achain. Um, Devin Achain also very light. Um, Rayleigh Brown, similar weight there. Um, they're both very fast, very electric players, but definitely risky at the 701. I mean, as a freshman to, you know, USC, the way Lincoln Riley recruits, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out like that he recruits over him at some point or recruits a bigger back and really Brown's just always kind of relegated to the one B role. Um, it would not surprise me at all there. So you're paying the 701 for a guy who's 185 bleak NFL future and is probably at best like the one B in a committee. Um, that's just, that's rich. You're muted. The thing is, Riley really does rotate those backs too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's yeah, he he he'll he'll shift them all over the place. I mean, he he's had Marcus last year. What Marcus Major or no Mark? Not Marcus, Marcus Major. Um, mm-hmm. Eric Gray, um, Kennedy Brooks. Did Major play? Was he? He had a few snaps here and there. But there he was I mean, ineligible for for like half the year. And the year before that, he was giving out snaps to two or three guys. I mean, that's just kind of how he does business. So, I mean, if you're thinking. Can this guy, I think the first question is, can this guy gain enough weight to like get NFL draft capital? I think it's no. I think like, you're, this is like a, so actually, you know who I want to comp him to? I don't think Seven McGee is a good comp. I think that's a better comp for Rayshon Luke. I think Jerrion Ely is a very good mm. comp for Elite Brown. In a backfield that's going to rotate touches really heavily, you're not going to feel comfortable starting him on a weekly basis in an offense that does not necessarily focus on the run too much. And Jerrion Ely just like, he's worth nothing now. He left, he left college. He, he's worth nothing now. Um, and I, I could foresee something very, very similar happening for Elite Brown there. I think that's actually going to be the new comparison I use when I talk about this kid. There's just no reason to take an, a, a kid who's sub 180 or, or around 180 uh, with any sort of meaningful capital in a, in a startup draft or even a supplemental draft. It's just there's no reason to do it at all. It, it's not sound process. It's not. I agree. Um, last one, Colin, and then we're going to get out of here for the night. Um, Gabe Irvin. 
this one is actually really shocking to me. Um, I don't know why my, I guess my eyes have just been skipping over him every time he shows up uh, on lists places. Uh, Gabe Irvin is a second year running back at Nebraska. Uh, right now his ADP is 125.7 and that takes him. It's the 1106 and RB 51 might be saying, you know, that's not a, a premium pick. And it's not that that's a very good point. Um, but if you listen to some of the guys that go around him, I think you start realizing it's a little more of a pricey than you than you would want to uh, imagine. I mean, Hendon Hooker, Keaton Mitchell, Adam Randall, Varian Brown, Dylan Gabriel, Sam Hartman, or uh, Michael Trigg all go like in the round after him, basically. Uh, Irvin left uh, uh, last year. We were some of his biggest fans. I mean, so um, uh, looked decent, got that job early, season-ending injury, pretty brutal injury. Um, no news about him this camp. It sounds like uh, Step and some other guys there are, are kind of uh, going to be in that role. There's no reason to take him this early, right? And this is like if you're taking him there, there is almost certainly no resale value for you. No, there's definitely no resale value for you there. Um, you know, you're you're not going to be able to sell him for anything close to what you're you'd be paying for him at the at the eleventh round. But that being said, I. It's definitely risky, but I don't hate that pick. Um, I don't like um, Step. I don't really like any of the other running backs on that roster. And Gabe Urban, I mean, yeah, so he had that knee, the the knee injury. Um, but, you know, in limited work last year, he looked pretty good. Um, 124 yards, two touchdowns on 37 attempts. Um you know, he, he earned some significant work as a freshman. That coaching staff is largely the same. I mean, they do bring in Whipple from Pitt, uh, but, you know, I, I still think it's going to have a, a good um, Scott Frost influence on the offense there. And, you know, Irvin getting his earning a significant role last year before his injury and, and increasing that role too. Um, I think he's probably – would be the the guy I would feel the most comfortable with that out, out of that backfield. Now, does that mean I'm going to take him at, you know, in the 11th round? No, probably not. I would probably feel more comfortable with him round 15, 14, somewhere in that range. Um, Cause he does have good size. You know, we liked him as a prospect. He's six one, two fifteen. 215. He's, he's solid athlete, you know, not spectacular, but I think he's pretty solid. So I don't hate the pick. It's definitely just has some risk and it's definitely a little early. Um, so this is a backfield. I just don't want to own anybody in. He had a patellar injury last year. I mean, that that's not a, a good one to have. That that can be a career ender. I don't want Step. I don't want any of them. I, and I certainly don't want Gabe Irvin. I think he's not rosterable, actually. Gabe Irvin, not rosterable. Correct. Yeah. Wow. I think the odds of him coming back from that injury uh, are, are pretty slim. Uh, in an offense that hasn't necessarily torn it up, rushing the ball in the first place uh, recently. So I, I think, you know, taking him there is, is is scary. If you can sell him for anything close to that price, I mean, you you have to do it. I, I would start shopping him around if you have him. Again, it's just one of those things where I think he was good last year, um, but but that injury just, just crushes it. I mean, and that's some of the risk with, with acquiring these college guys. They might just never get there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're you're going to have misses. You're going to have players that, you know, either weren't as good as you thought they were or players that 
go to a situation and just can't break out or they get hurt and they never matter in anything like you c2c is not for the faint of heart you're gonna have misses you know you're gonna have some misses that hurt at times um but gave urban gave urban still somebody that i would be willing to take a shot on i think he's rosterable um you know especially considering some of the other guys that end up on a roster like Demonte Trainum still getting drafted. He's a linebacker. Yeah. Stop. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Stop one. drafting him. We'll just have to remove him from our our pool from now on. Uh, I don't know what people are doing there. Um. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's do these freshman profiles quick here, Colin, and then and then we'll get out of here. Um. I'm really surprised we haven't talked about Katron Allen yet at all. It, Man, we, we say that every we week that now. Every like, week. <laughs> like we've probably talked about all these guys in some context, but not yeah. uh, you know not specifically this one. Yeah, so my profile this week, Katron Allen, uh, running back, going to Penn State, four-star guy, um, originally from Virginia. Then he went down to IMG Academy in Florida. Um, Penn State has, you know, some some solid connections at IMG. They brought in Noah Kane. They bring in some other guys. Now they brought in Katron Allen. Uh, Katron Allen already close to ideal NFL size, 5'11", 205. He's going to get up to 215, 220. There's not a doubt in my mind um, that that coaching staff is going to get him to, you know, that 215, 220 range. So he's going to have the the NFL body that you're looking for. Uh, big question mark with him right off the bat here is the athleticism. Um, he's he's a solid athlete. He's a, he's a better size adjusted athlete than he is a like, straight up athlete. Um, and like you always say, if you have to put a qualifier on it. Are they really that good? Um, solid athleticism. I think he's a good mover. He cuts efficiently. He doesn't really lose much speed when he makes some cuts. You, he can make a guy miss in the open field if he needs to. Um, he has the speed to break off some longer runs against some high-level competition in Florida. You see some long runs. Uh, but he doesn't have that gear where he can pull away from defenders. So, you know, he can maintain some distance. He'll have some 20-plus yard runs. Um, is he going to have a 50 yard touchdown run? Probably not. Um, his best attribute is his vision and his patience. I think he shows a high pro high level processing ability, uh, at the line of scrimmage, keeps his feet moving, waits for the hole to open up and he, he does burst through it. So he's got some good burst. Once he hits the second level, follows his blocks. Well, um, you know, and then size wise contact balance, you know, he is, He's exactly what you would expect from a guy that size. He can shed arm tackles, doesn't lose speed, bounces off defenders, lowers the shoulder, takes guys on. Um, so he, he's got some traits that you like. Biggest question marks, passing passing game ability, and athleticism. He's going to be in the backfield with Nick Singleton for his – presumably for his entire career. Um, Allen has earned some praise this offseason from the coaching staff, both Allen and Singleton have. Allen got some – early work in the uh, in the spring game, if you can call it a spring game. So I think he's going to have a role in this offense and he's going to, he's just good enough of a back and he's um, the coaching staff likes him enough that he's going to be a thorn in the side of Nick Singleton owners for college production. I think, you know, unless Singleton just absolutely blows it away, but I, I think Katrin Allen is going to earn some role this year. It's going to increase as it moves on and he's going to have a role in that offense. Um, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, 
uh, you've you've been the biggest uh, advocate of that stance. That um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, that'll be a really big. I mean, the Singleton owners will be pissed off if that happens. I yeah, think, I think that's fair to say. Um, it's it's interesting. Like, is he significantly better? You know, they brought in that class a couple years ago that had that had uh, Kevin Lee. And uh, wasn't Noah Kane in that class too? Or no? Um, 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 who was that? Kaziah uh, Holmes. Yes, yeah, Kaziah Holmes. Thank you. It was Holmes and Lee that came in. Mm-hmm. Is he a significantly better player than those guys who were coming into Penn State because they were pretty highly ranked as well? They're pretty highly ranked as well. Um, I think he is already the same level of a player as as Kevon Lee. I think he is just as good a Kevon Lee as he as right now. I don't think Kevon Lee really made too many too much progress um he's fine um so he's kind of on par with that right now you know he's a but he's coming in as a freshman you obviously want to project some development there so i think he's going to be a better player than lee um and he is a better player than holmes holmes was small um and he he's battled some injuries there but he's really failed to separate himself um so yeah, I think he's better than Holmes. He's on par with Lee already. Interesting. Okay, and you are the uh, the Penn State insider here, so I'm going to take your yeah. word for that. Absolute expert. Don't ever question me on anything Penn State. I know everything. Oh, I know better so. than to do that. Definitely. Um, all right, so I, I picked Wesley Grimes here, the wide receiver from Wake Forest. Um, interesting player. I think we're a little higher on him overall at C2C than some of the services are, although he certainly uh, was not lowly ranked in that regard and definitely a really good get um for for wake forest who's who's just all of a sudden become this this wide receiver factory uh according to the 24 7 composite grimes is wide receiver 51 overall uh 6 180 out of millbrook north carolina um and um yeah i mean chose wake forest over uh he got a lot of those kind of acc ish type offers um but really nice build really nice uh athleticism for the position and, and kind of just fits right in uh to kind of the bigger wide receivers they've had there recently so just just a little bit about about his game at the moment uh very dynamic deep threat currently he tracks the ball the ball really really well downfield uh more of a straight line athlete at this point but i think he, he's got the attributes you want to see to uh to develop more of a route tree than that um, things like, you know, his, his hips sink in and out of breaks is really, really good. He, he's very, very smooth. Uh, not as many wasted steps. Like he has the tools, he just hasn't really sh- put them all together yet. And I, that's the kind of guy that I like to bet on, uh, in college here to kind of figure those things out. He's a very quick first step, uh, very good catching technique, you know, hands catcher always has, you know, uh, and makes perfect catching form. Uh, doesn't really fight the ball at all. Uh, very nice concentration downfield. Um, it, it, the big problem with him is just goes in bubble screens at this point. But but like I said, I mean, I think we see the tools that are there to be something more. Uh, I think uh, Wake Forest will ask him to develop in that regard. The, the wide receivers that have come out of there have generally been pretty well-rounded over the past few years, uh, or at least have been, been asked to do a lot of different things. Um, so I think he fits in well there. I'm not seeing too much year one probably. They, they've got to cut you know, Perry and, and Green and a couple other guys there as well. But I, I think year two... It's going to be wheels up for Grimes, and I, I feel very comfortable as long as they get another quarterback in there that can run that system like Sam Hartman can, that he can just pick up where some of these guys have left off, be a really big CFF guy, uh, and have some NFL potential. I mean, people are talking about A.T. Perry as like a first or second round guy. I'm not sure I see it, but like I, I could see him getting that buzz in a few years. So I, I think Grimes is, is 
he's going higher than wide receiver 51 in a lot of these drafts. So I still think he's a little underrated at the moment. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think he's definitely under the radar right now. Um, I like Grimes too. He's got a solid skill set, one that you, like you said, you, you can kind of, you know, obviously definitely need some development there, but one that you could project to some sort of a role in the NFL. And then, yeah, I think that year two wheels up for him, provided a quarterback play doesn't dip too much. But I think, can Sam Hartman stay another year? Uh, they have so many, it's so weird with the COVID. Hartman be- has said that this is his last year. Okay. He has more eligibility, so maybe he gets to the end and it's not available to, like the NFL is <laughs> not available at the moment. Mm-hmm. But he has said this is his last year. So okay. we, we will see how that goes. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight, guys. Um, Debbie Guide comes out this week. Be sure to check that out. We'll be announcing a ton of stuff around that here this week. Uh, check out all the other shows we have on the podcast feed. The YouTube starting to fire back up again uh, with uh, the official on their weekly. So go ahead, check that out. Uh, along with uh, just all the other content that we drop on there as well. Uh, Until next time, guys, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good one.